3: I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's
4: R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a big Friday. 200 FSR stations across this great nation. And we're joined in studio by one of the pros who know, Steve Fazek, Brad Power's well-deserved day off. Speaking of days off, and well-deserved, after three days, and let me tell you something, the uh, sponsors were like, let's get that professional reader in there, because <laughs> Fez had a read on Wednesday, almost, I mean, they almost left the, stay, the network, Steve.
1: Get in the zone, auto zone.
4: <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't think that counts as a read. So uh, he's in LA. He's Joe not
0: Always good to be here, RJ. And good to be back here on Straight Out of Vegas. And on a day when we've got obviously the XFL launching this weekend around televisions across the country, we've got more fallout from Major League Baseball and the Astros cheating scandal. What is the Vegas lead there on the strip?
4: I think it's got to be, and this is a close call because I think the cheating scandal is big. But Vegas is always thinking, how can we make money today? How can we make money tomorrow? So I'm going to deem the Las Vegas lead. Last night's Lakers, Rockets, and I'll tell you right off, Fez and I disagree on this one. So Fez, we (laughs) usually have a crossfire around a bet. Let's do a crossfire on the takeaway from the game itself. First, though, let's get the exact result, as Jonas does so exceptionally well. So, yeah, let's look at the Thursday... Rockets-Lakers.
0: And so, yes, after the Rockets were chastised for trading away their only legitimate big man in Clint Capella, the Houston Rockets mocked all throughout the day for being the smallest team in the NBA, went on the road to L.A. and picked up a
1: 121-111 win over the Lakers.
4: Faz, what's your takeaway on it? I
1: am down on the Lakers, RJ. I could not understand how the Lakers were not able to take, to take advantage of that rocket, Rockets' small lineup. Six-foot-four average height. Lakers are six eight, Only out-rebounded the Rockets by one for the game. And the Lakers struggled to pound the ball into Anthony Davis. I know he got a lot of points, but I thought it would be a lot easier for the Lakers to so, so how to many score. points
4: did he have? 32. So that's not enough. Your, not a- your takeaway is that those 32 points were not enough not enough Who averages more than 32 points in the NBA? Nobody. So he did as well as anyone in the <laughs> NBA and your takeaway is you got to do better. I well I just thought Anthony he was, Davis, you've you've got to do better. I thought Anthony Davis and LeBron James would What was the over under for Anthony Davis's points? 28 and a half. So he exceeded expectations. He did. He did better than anybody In the NBA does over the course of a season. Yeah, they had difficulty lobbing it into him. They turned it over. So you thought it was going to be like like a a senior in high school playing an (laughs) 8-year-old. I thought he would absolutely dominate, and the boards also. So did you have a gigantic bet on the over 28 and a half? I actually bet over 10 rebounds. Did you have a gigantic bet on over 28? Because you just said that 32 fell short of your expectation. How wouldn't you bet over 28 and a half? I should have. Obviously. (laughs) Yes. But why didn't you?
1: Didn't do enough homework before the game started.
4: So if you would have looked at that, uh, if you would have had that right front of you, it's like they walk up and go, hey, the total, someone has a sheet of paper, and they say the total on Anthony Davis, 28 and a half points, what are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, that's a gigantic bat.
1: Yes, because of the Rockets, so small in the I understand
4: what you think of their smaller. Now, what injury has decimated the Rockets lineup? wink. Wink. This was a choice, right? Yeah. not I mean, ha- Meaning the Rockets roster was a choice, correct? Correct. They jettisoned Capella. Yeah, They're well, big man. Jettison, yes. They traded him. Yes. Okay. So you thought Daryl Morey would put, by choice, a team on the court that if the opposing big man puts up 32, it's a disappointment. I mean, that seems to be that you were... Like to me, this is where you've got to stop and say, huh, my instinct is the Rockets shouldn't win another game. Right? It sounds like you're saying they shouldn't win another game, but somehow this was a choice by a GM that many believe is the best GM in the NBA. And I think almost everybody believes is like a top seven GM, right? Yes. So why would they choose to put an inept team on the floor?
1: Well, offensively, they're not inept. Offensively, they're great.
4: Okay, so what you're, what you're saying is it wasn't so much that you're saying the fact that the Rockets played good defense against the Lakers is the issue. Yes. And how many points did the Lakers score? 111. So the, <laughs> what was the total in this game? Oh, it was like 235. Okay. So, you know, let's go to the fans' perspective because one, and he was gone, so, and this was the biggest trade. So let's ask Jonas, what was your. Takeaway on the Rockets trade?
0: I thought the same thing most people thought, which was you're trading away your only legitimate big man. So you're trying to, in a league that's all about big men uh, and and having length, trying to win it with a roster that's going to average out well below what most rosters and successful rosters in the in the NBA are. And then I watched them last night, and I thought I sort of changed my tune. I thought. Well, if if you know that you do one thing really well and Clint Capella doesn't do that thing well, which is shoot the three, what's the point of keeping him if it doesn't really fit what you do? So they're going all in with the Dantoni style of play and they're taking this approach and they're gonna see how far it takes them.
4: Yeah, I I actually think you make good points there. Uh, this isn't the NBA isn't about like a fantasy team or isn't about, you know, as the guys at the bar would say, well, how good's Capella? Well, he's above – that." you know, it's about how they play as a team. Mike Lombardi talks about this in the NFL. He says this isn't about aggregating aggregating or um, compiling assets. Rather, it's about how they play as a team. And the Rockets, without Capella this season – Last night they covered, so one and zero in November. Four games he missed, four and zero against the spread. So now five and zero this season. Now four games doesn't tell the whole story. Plus fourteen points against the spread each game on average. So literally, it's like okay, game is pick 'em. Rockets win by fourteen. Right? Rockets are favored by five. Rockets win by nineteen. When you beat the spread by 14 a game, Fez... Doesn't seem like that those seventh graders getting dominated by the seniors, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. You know, what's interesting is that Capella was so important to the Rockets when they had Chris Paul and perhaps what happened with Chris Paul out and Westbrook in. What do you mean, perhaps? It sounds like you knew better
4: than Daryl Morris. I don't and know. And now after one game, we're at perhaps? I don't know better. <laughs> okay, but I mean, you had that some strong feelings. You're saying we got to start selling the Lakers because a team as bad as the Rockets could beat them. Well, I was shocked that the Lakers just We're having. I know you keep saying that. I I got that part. We could play it if you want on replay. All right. Let's think about this. Imagine. You know what's a good example of this is video games. Usually people, I guess today it's different because everyone's online playing against each other. But when I grew up back in the day playing Tech Mobile, is. You would play the same couple guys, and then eventually one of you was better, right? So it was just obvious that in Tech Mobile I was better, or in whatever, someone else might have been better. I don't remember those instances. And it's a situation where the thing you would want against that opponent that you're better than is for them to say more the same. You have an acronym for that, right, Fez? MOTS. MOTS. More the same. (laughs) Because you can't lose really that way. If you're better, if based on the assumptions you're better, you want nothing more than that other or your opponent to just more the same. The Rockets were not going to win the title with Capella, it seems. Probability said possible but unlikely. If I'm the Lakers, if I'm the Clippers, if I'm the Bucks, the three favorites, right? Yes. The last thing I want are the Rockets rolling the dice. Because if they roll snake eyes and it goes bad, well, there's no real change. They weren't going to win the title before, and they won't win the title if they're snake eyes. You know,
1: that's a great point, because the Rockets, they might lose to Oklahoma City the way they're presently
4: constituted, but the variance on how they're going to do just went up, up, up. Even, that's an interesting point, but I think it goes beyond that. We don't know what their baseline is going to be with this team. What we know for sure is, if you read the advanced analytics guys, Covington is considered to be one of the best, if not the best, non-superstar by the advanced metrics. Meaning, yeah, LeBron's going to be up there, maybe you know higher, and then you're going to have the elite's... The superstars. But then when you get past the guys you could imagine being recognized, you know, no matter where they went, Covington, by the advanced metrics guys, he's a darling. So Jonas, by the way, RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas, Covington, do you have any—I mean— you know, Are you one of those dudes that are watching the league pass at night? or are, are, are you the type of guy that's got a feel on Covington? Because the, the numbers say good.
0: Yeah, he played. Uh, so when he was with Philadelphia, he was a key member off the bench or when he would get playing time as a guy that you could rely on in, in hitting a big shot, getting you a three, uh, playing good defense, similar to a Danny Green type. He's actually what I think the Lakers had hoped Danny Green was going to be. And Danny Green was a key member of the Spurs championships um, uh, when they made that run a few years ago. Covington in watching him last night seemed like it was the perfect guy for the Lakers, but the problem was he was hanging out on the other team and those four threes <laughs> and, and they were crucial threes at big time moments in watching the game that really were the difference in in those two teams last night.
4: You know, I gotta give Jones credit here is reading through uh, probably 15 pages on the Rockets move like buried in one of those articles was that one of the advanced metrics that does comparables. They say, who's this guy like? And Covington and Danny Green were the comparables. And I think age wise, you know, think about how the level of excitement the Lakers achieved when they signed Danny Green. Yeah. Remember? It was like, oh, okay, yeah. D and three, D and three. Well, Covington has what some consider to be the best contract in the NBA meaning if you look at the contract versus the output, and obviously it can be a plus my, you're either outperforming your contract or underperform. Some think the best contract in the NBA. Now, I don't know, but if he's even in that conversation and you change or you exchange in a way Capella who— and I'm not an X's and O's, guys, but I know enough basketball to read it and understand the basics, the pick and roll— which Harden and the Rockets were doing years ago, Capella was super effective in this isolation game that Westbrook's kind of forcing upon them, not near as effective. So you got a guy where the league in general is moving away from Capella. You've got the Rockets getting Covington that has a great contract. And, and when you got Westbrook and Harden, it's not like you need some contract relief. <laughs> And he's not an ego guy, it seems, which with Westbrook and Harden, you need that too. The lack of that. And then he overperforms based on the advanced analytics. Great contract. And the Rockets are turning the table over. They don't like the chessboard. They're just wiping (laughs) their hands saying, yeah, probably weren't going to win anyway. But, you know, we got a chance. And there was a line in Billions this most recent year when they said, to a senior guy, Blackjack Foley was his name. They said, what do you do if you're in a situation where alternative A and alternative B are both bad? And the analogy was someone had a stick and they were going to beat you with it no matter what. And he said, take the stick, break it in half. Well, to me, the Rockets took the stick and broke it in half, and it's a new game. And yeah, there's a chance, though yesterday wouldn't say so, there's a chance... The Rockets are worse for this trade, but I think it's unequivocally true the Rockets have a better chance to win the title because of that variance of that. Who knows what Daryl Morey has up his sleeve?
1: Yeah, it really is a great point that you're making, and who knows what potential the Rockets may well have, and like you said, Covington... He was a clutch performer. He stepped up in the fourth quarter, and he looked like he'd been with the Rockets forever. So,
4: Which is an interesting point. When we come back... Oh, real quick though, Jones, did you have any closing thoughts on the Lakers-Rockets?
0: Uh, it's just funny how the loss of Clint Capella people were turning into. Oh boy, boy, what a bad roster this is. Clint Capella for his career in a. Are you fl- making fun of Faz right well, now? Well, no. I, it's, it's it's a lot of people I heard yesterday. They turned it into <laughs> like the most shocking uh, a trade of the trade deadline. Clint Capella in a three-point dominant league for his career is 0 for two from threes. Yet losing him is going to so be he's only dig-
4: missed two So he's yes. only missed two threes in his career. Yeah,
0: he's only missed two and only <laughs> attempted two, which is a bigger problem. And that's supposed to mean that the Rockets are further away from a championship. I just don't
4: buy it. It's kind of like Jonas's bets. He, he's only lost three of them <laughs> since the <his> show started. It's <laughs> true. So it's it's very – well, he does have the two wins, though. <laughs> Fez, you actually – right now, the Lakers are the favorite to win the title. You disagree. And also, I've got three or four other, I think – under-discussed takeaways finally from the NBA trade deadline.
5: Straight out of Vegas!
3: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: So follow The 7 right now.
3: terms and conditions apply. So, RJ, we talked a lot about the Houston
0: Rockets side of things last night in their 10-point win at the Lakers, but now the conversation turns towards the future of the Los Angeles Lakers and a title possibly at the end of this year.
4: Yeah, and if anything, they are favored. And let's actually look at the exact odds after the trade deadline. And as we said... Lakers are the favorite right now plus 275. So if you shop it, yeah, I probably get a 300 out there. So a dollar wins you three. That is the favorite. the LA Lakers. Second favorite, and it's the first time I've seen it this year, the Milwaukee Bucks. And Bucks started the season at six to one down to plus 290. So right around that three to one range. And then right there in the mix, the Clippers plus 350 or so, three and a half to one. The fourth favorite, the Rockets. The little tiny Rockets, Faz that Anthony Davis 32 wasn't enough over. How could they be the fourth favorite? Well, there's a big drop. 16 to one, baby. 16 to 1. Then the Sixers, 17 to 1. Wow, they're up. Celtics 20 to 1. Heat 20 to 1. Jazz. 20 to 1. So let's do this. We'll go Jonas first. If you had a opportunity, you pick any NBA team, you get to pick their the team. And if they win the title, you win $10,000. If they don't win the title, nothing. So it's a free roll for 10 dimes. Who do you take? Milwaukee. Oh, I like that one. And part of your thinking is much easier path to the finals. 100%. Much easier path. And I
0: don't think there's enough of a difference between them and the Clippers or Lakers for me to justify
4: wanting to go in the other direction. And wow, that's that's it's almost like Jonas been studying when he was. Where, where'd you go on these this vacation? I just cruised
0: around uh, the Strip in disguise and uh, just, uh, you know doing <laughs> my research. Talking to wise guys. Yeah, just I had to. I went to 7-Eleven, where Fez does a lot of his conversations. <laughs> That'd be funny yeah.
4: if he's in the shadows listening. <laughs> but guys, Jonas makes such a good point. If you say Lakers and Bucks have about the same odds right now, and they're pretty close, plus two seventy five Lakers, plus two ninety Bucks. Okay. About the same. Well, they must be even teams. Well, no. This is saying the Lakers are significantly better. Why? Because they likely have to beat the Clippers to get to the finals. The Bucs have to beat what? The Sixers or the Heat? Or Boston. Or Miami. Yeah. Well, that's the Heat. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> Make sure he's got his memo beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing really exciting in the East. I mean, I think the Heat, and we'll talk about it, made a heck of a trade or, you know, getting Iggy. But, boy, they were 100-1 to 1 entering the season. I don't think they are all that much competition. So, really, Bucks have a much easier path. So, this number implies, Fez... The fact the Lakers are favored, even though they got to go through the Clippers, the Lakers are significantly better than the Bucks. Same question to you. The 10 dimes might not interest you. So 100 dimes, what would you do? I want Milwaukee for the same reasons oh, we you're just, spoke you spoke about. You, and oh, come on. <laughs> that, the square chair says that, and you're just saying, that guy, that well, guy. Look
1: at these numbers 44 and 7, the Bucks are, and they're outscoring their opponents by 12 and a half points per game. RJ. Now, how'd they do last year on that stat? I think they were like plus 11 and a half last year. Okay, so... Ran into Kawhi. Did not work out for them in the, in the playoffs, but um, the mere fact that... Thanks for
4: the news update.
1: They're five points per game better. I know it's regular season than anybody else in the NBA right now, so what a dis- disparate result, Milwaukee versus the rest of the league.
4: So this might sound goofy, but Fez is actually making a good point here. There's a concept, they call it the Pythagorean theorem... Guys like Fez who went to Northwestern, that they don't quite understand it, but they like saying it. Explain it.
1: So the idea is that if you look at how many points you score and how many points you give up, the team that has the best differential by the end of the season clearly is the better team. And Milwaukee is so much better than anybody else in the NBA. It is difficult to make a case that they're not the best team in the NBA.
4: Okay, so I asked you about the Pythagorean. Pythagorean theorem. Not to repeat the case that you think the Bucks are the best because of that theorem. So what it does is it gives you what what it attempts to do is get the lucky wins and the unlucky losses out of the mix. So if you think back to the NFL season, we said Green Bay's overrated. We said Seattle's overrated. Why? Because they were so good in close games, and you might say clutch. And I say, no, it's not that. They got lucky. And, you know, Russell Wilson before last year was three games under 500 and games decided by seven points or less. He was amazing this year. Do we trust a a pretty much break even in all those years since 2012? Or do we trust this year? We trust the career. But if you're winning by... 12 and a half points. Points per game. a game, you're not there's not a lot of lucky wins in there. So your point is there is it's not so much how you do in the close games, it's do you blow out a healthy number of teams. That is a belief that most handicappers have. And you're saying the Bucks are doing it. We gotta trust it. Is the is it as simple to say the Lakers are the favorite, even though they got the tougher road to get to play Milwaukee? Because it's just public. It's just the public's that dumb.
1: No the the pros feel also the Lakers will come playoff time be have be able to hit a much higher ceiling and the so saying and long. the Bucks
4: are playing as well as they can play. Yes, and that's like the Spurs over the years have been that way, where they don't back to backs. They're going to play hard. You know all these considerations that there's. Like look at LeBron's teams in the last even five years, right? Fourth seed, fifth. Right. seed. Right. Like we don't. He's like, I'd rather take off days in February. I'd rather not worry about every game because the stress of that's going to hurt you. Golden State had their seventy three wins and lost that year, and chasing they, the record. Right. And they've won. Well, perhaps, and they've won other years when they didn't even have the best record. Where the Rockets, if I'm not mistaken, the last two years had a better record, right? Yes. yes. So, in a weird way, though, we're saying in the regular season in the NBA, every game doesn't really matter, and you're saying the Bucks are the best because of how they do in every game. They've been so much better. Okay, I can agree with that. You're saying if we were saying, well, one team's plus 9.8 points, the other team's plus 9.3, but you're saying the distance. So, the second-place team in point differential is, is whom?
1: The Lakers, and they're a little over 7. Milwaukee's 12.5. Wow.
4: Wow. So, think about that, Jonas. The distance from seven to 12 and a half is five and a half. I just did that in my head. The difference from seven and a half, and then you minus five and a half, you're down in, or in the one and a half and two range, right? Yes. So, literally, the distance from the number two team to the number one is about the same as the number two to a slightly above average team. Yes. Wow. So, like the, the the 13th best team or so Indiana compared to the Lakers, the point differential difference is the same as the number two team Lakers to number one Milwaukee. Yes. And you think that's why Milwaukee's the best team, and you take them in the free roll. Correct. And the Lakers are favored because they're the Lakers, so there's going to be a lot of money on LeBron, a lot of money on the Lakers. But also because they got another gear. So the theory is, is that a five-point gear? Because that's what it's going to have to be per game to match what the Bucks have been doing. It's a lot of gears. <laughs> that's Steve Fezik. <laughs> I'm R.J. Bell. So let's do this. We've got about a minute on every other major transaction, three or four of them.
5: Right out of Vegas!
4: Be sure to catch
3: live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
3: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
0: Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. We'd like to welcome in yet another brand new affiliate to the show this week. It's another top 25 market, and it's Fox Sports 1350 in Riverside San Bernardino, California. They are the latest to begin air- airing the show live every single day. So a big shout out and a thank you to Fox Sports 1350 in Riverside slash San Bernardino, California. Awesome to have them on board with us.
4: <laughs> so, is that the way you explain the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio, is that's why we're growing? I mean... It's, it's, it, that's why we're growing faster than anybody, is yeah. the way to say it.
0: I mean, everybody wants on board. They see it. It's a runaway freight train, and everybody doesn't want to stand in the way. They want to jump on the side of it. It's an easier so, ride. So, wh-
4: what do you think? In like six weeks or so, if I go to San Bernardino and wear a name tag, could I get a free lunch, you think? Oh, Easy. All right. Oh, come on, easy. Yeah. I knew fame would mean something. (laughs) By the way, speaking of fame or the lack thereof, did you hear about Dan Byer having a breakdown on air? No. Well, breakdown might be strong. (laughs) At one point, I threw it to him when you were gone and didn't like say, and it's Mr. Dan Byer. And he was like... Yes, R.J. I'm Dan Byer. Like it was
3: very snarky.
4: <laughs> Look, I just... He almost tore up. He almost tore up the rundown.
0: Uh, listen, there are uh, d- like there are three rules. You know, don't uh, don't spit in the wind, don't tug on Superman's cape, and don't mess with Dan Byer after an update. It just well, those are three or, or before,
4: rules. or with. I mean, it's almost like he's got an agent, but it's <laughs> his other personality within him. All right, so let's do this. I'm going to go down quickly. The big moves. And I'm just going to get your gut elevator reaction. So, Russell, Golden State, Wiggins, T-Wolves.
0: I liked the Wiggins to Golden State move, but I don't like it necessarily for this year. I like it for next year. It makes Golden State next year really interesting. I don't know if it puts them on the same level they were before when they were winning titles, but they've got a lot of talent on that roster, and they're going to have a lottery pick to add to a healthy Klay Thompson and a healthy Steph Curry. I think it's exciting and intriguing for Golden State.
4: Yeah, and that lottery pick is 2021, which is, by the reports, what Golden State wanted because they like that draft so much better. Wiggins, how old, Fez? Just gut feeling. 26. 24 years old. Hmm. He's, not, he's turning 25 soon. He's Made a lot of money. Well, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is this guy maybe hasn't found the right spot. And obviously he needs an ideal environment. It's not like it was the fault of these other teams. But who's to say? You hit your mid-20s. You realize, look, look at their championship rings. Look at the way Steph does his business. Look at the way Clay does his business. And I think Jonas, I think there's a lot of upside there for Wiggins. And I think Jonas made the key point. How much better next year is Wiggins with Clay and Steph? and Draymond, as opposed to you know, some redundancy, I think, with Russell.
1: And Wiggins has shot 33% the last three years from threes. Never developed his game well. You'd argue Golden State's probably the best place to go to improve that game.
4: I agree, and be motivated. By the way, something to watch. Golden State only has nine players signed right now, is my understanding. And they have about $3 million left before they hit the repeater tax. They are going to be super, super frugal. For filling out that roster the rest of the year, mm. I think it could be demoralizing for the team. I'd be looking for Golden State to have some swoons. Obviously, they haven't been great this year. It might be really bad, though, obviously, with that great organization, maybe not. Last thing, too, Russell going to T-Wolves is something that made Towns very happy. Apparently, you know, it could have been. You almost got to equate in, Jonas, that Minnesota saves... Towns by getting Russell. So it's like they got they traded Wiggins for Towns and Russell, maybe you could make the case.
0: Yeah, I'm a little hesitant though when a player this young in his career who's an all-star and a really good player, if he's on his fourth team already, like something about that. Oh, it's him. It's him for sure. Gotta be. Has
4: to be. Right? But you know something? There can be a guy, I'm not gonna name any names, Steve, but you can be in your (laughs) early forties, finally get married, all those other failed relationships. Don't you know, don't really matter. That one dream comes along and everything's good, right? <laughs> Would be an aberration, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are a walking aberration in a good way, most of the time. I'm RJ Bell, straight out of Vegas. Last one for now. Clippers, third favorite, right there in that cluster with the Lakers and the Bucks. They get Morse from the Knicks. Thoughts. The
0: fact that it helped their team and at the same time hurt the team in the same building with them, the Lakers, by not not acquiring.
4: I think it makes it a doubly impactful move for the Clippers. Oh, I like that too. And Morris, you know, 3 and D is how you think about it. But the analytics say he can make uh, get his own shot a little bit better than most of the 3 and D guys. So another case where you could say perhaps having the chance at a championship being around Kawhi, who is the epitome of no-nonsense. It can be like Randy Moss to the Pats, though obviously this Morris isn't at Moss's level, but the idea for a year or two, maybe you buck up, maybe you are a team guy for a short period because of the opportunity to win a title, because of the greatness of the players around you. And... I think the Patriots have done that as well as anyone. Can you make this organization and this championship pedigree motivate questionable motivation guys? And I don't know. I mean, how would you characterize Morse's limitations, Jonas? Um, he's not uh, not a great ball handler, but to your I, point, I'm sorry, I meant more his his attitude. Like, would you say it's more char- You know, more like troublemaker, more lack of enthusiasm. No,
0: he's an enforcer. He's an enforcer. They loved him in Boston. Um, he's he's well liked anywhere he goes. But I also think what he does is it's another body that you can throw at LeBron James. If you are just going to rely on Kawhi Leonard to d up LeBron James, that's going to take away from Kawhi Leonard offensively because he's going to have to focus so much on defense. Well, Marcus Morris matched up against LeBron James in the playoffs a couple of years ago when he was with Boston, Mm. and they went to that seven-game series. And I think that frees up Kawhi Leonard offensively to where he's not going to be as fatigued having to guard LeBron all series if they meet up.
4: Now, you don't think Paul George is in the mix for that? Paul George would be in the mix as well, too, but I think that frees him up offensively, But you make a great point. If Morris is your third-best wing defender... You're doing pretty well. Absolutely. And then
0: you got Pat Beverly, who can give you a couple of minutes and just be an annoyance. I I think the Clippers defensively are really, really impressive.
4: And this is what we call the 90-second tutorial, general XFL betting. And then we've got a best bet. So, Fez, you got 90 seconds.
1: The XFL wants higher scoring, RJ. They looked at the Alliance of American Football. It failed. And that league started out with games averaging less than 40 points per game. So, there was no interest from lack of score. So here's what the XFL has done. Everything possible to improve scoring. A 25-second clock to have more plays rapidly. Two forward passes are allowed, believe it or not. As long as the first one is— This
4: is like free flow is what we called it growing <laughs> up. Let's play free, free flow, which means you could—oh, my—it can be past the line of scrimmage? It can't be past the line of scrimmage. That's the one restriction. Oh, so the only difference is you, you could be like seven yards back, throw five yards ahead, it's still behind the line, and there's a second Exactly okay. right. Uh, touchbacks— Comes out to the 35 yard line if you punt it or kick it
1: into the end zone. So, better field position for the team. Plus,
4: they're trying to get more returns by making the penalty of out of the end zone uh, more, you know, tougher.
1: Exactly. So, week one totals are averaging 50 right now. I expect a whole lot more scoring in this league than the Alliance of American Football.
4: What's home field advantage going to be? I think only two points, RJ. Two points for home. And in general, how do you know how good these teams are? Is it a player by player, like looking at the rosters? Yes, I got to be honest. I got a guy that's doing this for me. You outsource. You, you got a guy. <laughs> I've
1: outsourced the XFL. Yes. All
0: right, Jonas, let's do the best bet. Oh uh, yeah, we got a best bet. Before that, I want to let you know we are brought to you by My Computer Career. Make 2020 your year. You should start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. It's not rocket science. It's My Computer career.edu it is a best bet time yeah I, I would agree uh it is a best bet though <laughs> and it's a best bet for the first time in show history on the xfl
1: Sunday morning, New York Guardians plus three against the Tampa Bay Vipers. You're betting against the Vipers. I am. That takes guts. So I have these teams. My guys have these teams power rated equally, but think about it. Equal teams. But New York's at home.
4: So two points of home field. They actually make New York the favorite here, minus two. So hold on. They make New York the favorite. It's very confusing. So what you're saying is literally your guys think these are even teams. Yes. Now two points for home field. But they're getting three, so that means you think this line is off by five points. I do, and further, the game is going to be in New York. The temperature is going to be around 42
1: degrees. That has to benefit a team from New York versus a team that's been practicing in the 60s in Tampa.
4: So, Jonas, what we have here is a weather pick in the XFL (laughs) against the Vipers. Best bet, Steve Fezzik, New York Guardians, Plus three XFL.
0: The Odd Couple is next on many of these Fox Sports Radio affiliates. We are straight out of Vegas, back on Monday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: And as always, the iHeart Radio app.
5: Right out of Vegas!